SFM 12, how are we doing tonight? Yeah. Woo! I love it. I love it. Well, guys, I am glad to be with you tonight. If you are a first-time guest, raise your hand real quick so I can see you. See a few hands, okay, here and there, boom, boom. Well, guys, if you're a first-time guest, I just want to let you guys know we are so happy you're here with us today, all right? We, it is our hope that you experience God in this place, that you have a great night, and then you come back again. Well, hey, guys, anyways, welcome to week two of our series, The King is Among Us. Now, Pastor Nathan, where's Pastor Nathan at in the crowd? There he is. Pastor Nathan spoke last week, right? Pastor Nathan spoke last week on how there is 400 years of silence between God and his people. God just stopped talking to his people for 400 years. And so in that time, God's people, the Jews, they're starting to, they're starting to ask questions like, man, is God our king even around anymore? What happened to him? And, you know, eventually a lot of the Jews started saying, yeah, God's nowhere. But during that whole time, God had a plan. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as a person to the earth to break the silence between God and his people. Okay? To break the silence between God and his people. And now we know that God, God is not nowhere. God is now here. And his son, Jesus Christ, the king, is among us. And, the guys, this is why... This is why we celebrate Christmas, because Jesus, the King, now lives among us and was born here for us, okay, born here for us. Now, let me ask you guys a question, all right, who here likes to drive, okay, all right, now when I ask that question, now, some of you guys are probably thinking cars, I'm not saying cars, you don't drive cars, you're in middle school, but who likes to drive, I don't know what your families let you do, okay, I'm sorry, all right, who likes to drive go-karts? Who likes to drive dirt bikes? Who likes to drive boats? Does your parents ever let you drive a boat or like a jet ski? Yeah? Who likes to drive in Mario Kart? Whoa, yeah. I love Mario Kart. Who here thinks they're the best Mario Kart player in this church? Not me. Okay. You think you're great? You think you can beat me? You probably could. But hey, anyways, let's take a vote. Let's take a vote on who our favorite Mario Kart character is. Show the first picture. Princess Peach, who thinks, who, yeah, I don't like her either. I don't like Princess Peach either. She's, I think she's a waste of space. What about, what about Donkey Kong? What about Donkey Kong? Anyone like Donkey Kong? Yeah, he's kind of strong, pretty clumsy and slow. What about, uh, what about Mario? Yeah? I love Mario. He's fast, he's, he, he can control him well. He's got like a million games like made after him. My favorite though, my personal favorite is Toad. Hey, all right. We got some Toad fans in the crowd. I love this. I love this. Toad is like this mushroom that's fast and beats everyone. It's awesome. It's amazing. As a matter of fact, speaking of Mario Kart, guys, I have a video of a guy who took the game a little too seriously. Check it out. I know the quality was pretty bad, but that's hilarious. Um, he literally just drove away from the cops, and they didn't even realize it. Uh, if he did that in America, I think he'd be arrested probably in the first couple minutes. I don't know about you guys. But speaking of, speaking of cops, speaking of police, speaking of police, who here gets nervous when they're driving on the road and there's a cop or either right next to him or right behind him? Are you guys with me? You guys with me? And here's the thing. I love the police. I love cops. I love the police. But for some reason, for some reason, when I get behind a wheel and I see one of them near me, I start freaking out. Now, this next question is for my adult volunteers and high school volunteers and students. Feel free to point and laugh if they have to answer this. 
Who here has been pulled over before in their life? A few of you guys. A few of you guys. Not you students who can't drive, okay? I've been pulled over. I've been pulled over once in my entire life, and it was right after I moved to Georgia about a year and a half ago. Georgia stinks, okay? Sorry. Georgia stinks. But guys, this is why I think... This is why I think a lot of us get so nervous about the police when we're driving is because maybe we realize it, maybe we don't, but we think they're out to get us, right? We think the police are just waiting for us to mess up so they can just hammer us and punish us. Now, first off, that's not true. That's not true. But what would it look like if police were out to get people for good? Check out this video. That dude was so confused. Now, I'm not going to lie, guys. When I was preparing to uh, preach to you guys today, I saw this video and I thought, dude, that's a really cool idea, just giving out money to people. So here's what we're going to do, okay? I'm going to hand out a few of these dollar bills to whoever can. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to give you guys any money. Stupid. Yep. Nope. Nope. Guys, I've tried to do stuff like this from stage, so you should know by now I'm not actually going to give you anything. Brother's got to eat, okay? I'm just saying. All right? Well, guys, the reason why I showed that video, the reason why I was talking about the police thing is because I think we often think of God how we think of police officers when we're driving. See, without thinking, I think sometimes we think about God as though he was a police officer just waiting and hiding, waiting for us to mess up so he can punish us. We think of God more like a disciplinarian, right, more like someone who's out there to get us rather than a loving father, and that's wrong, and it's not true. As a matter of fact, I would say God's like the second cop. God's like the cop that is willing to show love and grace and mercy to you. Mercy meaning, mercy meaning that we don't get what we deserve. He gives so many blessings to us without us even realizing it. And this is where I want to take us tonight. Now, guys, if you get one thing from tonight, if there's one thing that you remember out of this sermon, I want it to be this one phrase. It's the first blank in your notes, okay? You ready for it, okay? Jesus came not to charge, but to change. How's that look? I'll take it. I'll take it. So, guys, here's the thing. This is the bottom line of tonight. This is the one thing, if there's anything you're going to come away with, I want it to be this. Jesus came not to charge, not to charge, but to change. Okay? And this is what I mean by charge. You guys watching? You guys paying attention? This is what I mean by charge. He did not come, Jesus did not come to punish you to ruin your life, to destroy your life. God's not some cop out in the sky trying to, trying to ruin the things that you're doing. Instead, he's a God who wants to change you with his love, his kindness, his mercy. That's who God is. That's the God we get to serve. And to show you guys this, I want us to turn to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. It's going to be page uh, 1052. In your notes. And while we're turning there, guys, let me, let, me, let me talk to you real quick about this, okay? We're going to be talking about a guy named Zacchaeus. Has anyone heard of Zacchaeus? Yeah, don't sing songs to me. I hate songs right now. Yeah, cool. 
Zacchaeus, guys, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. In order to understand this story, we need to know what a chief tax collector was. So here's the deal. In Israel at the time, the country of Israel was overtaken and conquered by a country called the Roman Empire. I'm sure some of you guys have heard about this. Now, the Romans were some bad dudes. The Romans persecuted or killed anyone who tried to stand against them. Tons of people were suffering. Tons of families were suffering under the Romans. But to make matters worse, there's a group of guys called the tax collectors. And these people were natives. They're Jews. They were Jewish people themselves. And they would collect taxes from their own people to give back to the Romans. The Romans would then use those taxes to keep persecuting and oppressing their own people. And to make matters even worse, the tax collectors would charge people tons of extra money just so they could pocket it for themselves. The tax collectors not only helped persecute their own people, they stole their own people's money, and there was nothing anyone could do about it. Those who the tax collectors were. And Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. He had tax collectors underneath him. Okay, As, imagine going to Chipotle. Who here likes Chipotle? I like Chipotle. I love Chipotle. Call me basic. I don't care. So go to Chipotle. Let's say, let's say go to Chipotle. And let's say you order a grill. Let's say you ordered a barbecue grilled chicken burrito. I love the chicken, all right? So you're walking up in line to the cashier, and you're like, okay, cool. What's, what's the cost? And you're like, ah, you know, seven bucks, and you get 50, 50 cents tax. Let's say the cashier says, hey, it's 50 cents, ta- it's 50 cents tax, but I'm going to charge you 20 because I just want a little extra money, and there's nothing you could do about it. Would you guys pay another 20 bucks just for a burrito? No, yes. Here's some yes. Hey, 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 maybe under the right circumstances, I might too. If I had a little bit extra money, maybe there's guac in it. Guac changes everything, okay? Am I right? Am I right? Now, terrorists, now here's the thing. Sorry, not terrorists. Tax collectors were seen in their day. Tax collectors were seen in their day as terrorists. No one liked them. Everyone hated them. Everyone despised them. They didn't have a lot of friends, kind of like Tom Brady. I don't like Tom Brady, okay? (laughs) Okay? That's kind of, that's kind of what tax collectors were like. So when I talk about Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was evil from the inside out. Zacchaeus made it a habit of stealing from people and then having other people steal for him. He rebelled against God, he rebelled against the rules, and he rebelled against his own people. This is who Zacchaeus was. People hated Zacchaeus. Now let's read. I'm going to read to us Luke 19, 1 through 9, okay? Let me read this out. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. 
Guys, I love this passage because no matter, even though Zacchaeus was so wicked, Jesus came and loved him. And this brings me to the next point I want you guys to get tonight. This is the first thing you need to know about Jesus coming, not to charge, but to change you, and it's this. It's the next blank in your notes. Jesus came to change you because Jesus loves you. And you guys have heard this so many times, but it's so easy to hear it and not care and to hear it and not realize it. Jesus came to change you because Jesus loves you. Let me read verse 5 for us. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now, in that culture, that time, if you were to stay at someone's house, that showed that you cared about that person and that you were willing to be associated with that person. But here's the thing. Jesus said this to Zacchaeus in front of a crowd that hated him. Jesus was willing to trade his own, Jesus was willing to risk his own reputation in front of crowds of people who followed him for the sake of someone they hated. Does that make sense to you guys? The crowd hated Zacchaeus, and Jesus goes to Zacchaeus in front of all of them and says, hey, I want to come and hang out with you at your house. He risked his own reputation, and he lost his reputation. Jesus was willing to take, to, to, to take a break out of his day to reach, out love to, to reach out and love someone that betrayed his entire country. That's what I call love. Guys, I don't know, I don't know you, you should agree with me on this. The culture uses love in a million different ways. A million different ways. You hear love thrown around all the time. I love this. I love that. You hear people always saying I love this, but they, but they never actually think about what they're saying or what it means. And that's not the kind of love that I want. I want the kind of love from a God who will forgive me and accept me and treasure me despite the fact that I continually mess up and disobey him. That's the kind of love that God has to offer you when he offers to change you. That kind of love could be yours tonight. And guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to try to front. Part of the reason I'm preaching to you guys tonight is I hope that some of you who don't know Jesus Christ would accept him at the end of this message. This is really why we're here tonight. And for those who do not know Jesus, I want you to know Jesus. For those who do know Jesus, I want you to grow that much closer to him. This is the kind of love that God offers you. He wants to change you because he loves you. Let me read verses 8 through 9 real quick. Okay, listen to me. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and I have, if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to, to this house. Because of the love Zacchaeus received, Jesus changed him forever. Because of the love that Zacchaeus received from God, it changed him forever. He realized there's something infinitely more valuable than what this earth has to offer. Infinitely more valuable. He realized that a relationship with Jesus Christ was going to satisfy him and complete him in ways that nothing else would. And this man was a rich man. He gave up, he loved, he'd, he'd, he had so much joy and peace in Jesus that he gave up his own riches just so he could be with Lord, and he didn't regret it. He didn't do it half-heartedly. He didn't say, oh man, I think I'm going to follow Jesus now, I guess that's just the right thing to do, I guess I got nothing better to do, I guess I'll follow Jesus. No, he gave it all. He gave it all. Jesus said that Zacchaeus was saved because Zacchaeus decided to surrender worshiping money and start worshiping the only one who is worthy of being worshipped. And that was Jesus. Jesus wants to change us because he loves us. Now, that's this, now here's the second thing I want you guys to know. 
This is the third blank in your notes. This is the second thing I want you guys to know. Jesus wants, sorry, you can never be too messy for God to change you. This is the third blank in your notes, and this is the second reason why Jesus came not to charge you, but to change you. You can never be too messy for God to change you. But here's the thing, guys. We do need to be changed. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need to be changed. Every single person is a sinner. Every single person has disobeyed God. And without Jesus, every single person is cut off from God. But you're not too messy for God to change you. You're not too messy for God to come to you. If God could do this for Zacchaeus, if God could do this for a man that betrayed his entire country and oppressed people his whole life and, just, and, and doesn't care, he's, he goes to Zacchaeus and says, I don't care what you've done. I want you. I want to change you. I'm going to love you. And when Zacchaeus received that love from Christ, it changed his life. He no longer cared about his riches. He only cared about the Lord, and he was more satisfied than ever before. You are not too messy for God to change you. And I get it, guys. I get it. Guys, one of the biggest battles and struggles in my life, personally, is to believe that I can come to God and that God loves me no matter what I've done. You see, often when I mess up or if I sin against God, oftentimes I feel like I have to try to, I have to, try to win God's love for me back. I feel like I have to try to somehow make God like, love me. Like I have to try to, oh man, I messed up. God doesn't want me anymore. i got to figure out something. And that's a lie. And I've believed that lie so many times in my life. And guys, if you are struggling with that tonight, I want you to realize don't believe it. It's a lie. God has so much more in store for you than that. God wants you to know that if you're messy, he wants to clean you up. You don't have to make God love you. God already does. If we believe that our sin is too powerful for God to change us, we believe that, that our sin is stronger than Jesus himself. Because when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again, that gave us all the power we need to ever conquer sin. And for, so, for those of you who don't know Jesus personally, that option is going to be made open to you tonight. Guys, I want to read a passage from Psalm 103. You don't have to turn there, but I, this passage God has used to change my heart and change my life. And I want you guys to hear this because it's life-changing. All right, I'm going to read this. It's 103, Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12. Listen to this, guys. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse. He will not harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so much does he love you. As far as the east is from the west, so far is he willing to remove your sins. This is how we know that God doesn't care if you're messy or not. This is how we know that if you're messy, God can still change you. You're never too messy for God to change you. His love for you is indescribable, and here's why. Jesus was not just a man. Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a person. He was the son of God. Jesus Christ was the son of God. And God sent Jesus Christ in the form of a person as a man on this earth. He lived a perfect, sinless life so that he could be a sacrifice for us. Because Jesus never messed up and Jesus never sinned. 
He was able to take the punishment for anything wrong you had ever done and anything wrong you will ever do. And God sent Jesus to the earth so he could be killed in your place. So he could be killed in my place. Jesus Christ came to the earth so he could be killed in our place. And then he rose from the grave. He rose from the dead three days later to conquer sin, to conquer death, to show that he's stronger than sin. And to give us a chance at living life with him forever. And this option is open to anyone who's in this room tonight who doesn't know Jesus personally. And if you want to know Jesus personally, this is all that needs to happen. If you don't have this relationship with Jesus, this is all that needs to happen. Know your ABCs. I'm just kidding. That's a C. Don't judge me. Whatever. All right. So, look at this, guys. Look at this. A. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord, A, admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you've messed up. You're not good enough to come to God on your own. You need Jesus to save you. B, believe that Jesus Christ is God's son and that he came and died for you and rose three days later. Believe in the sacrifice Jesus has made for you. And then C, commit your life to Jesus. Ask him to become your Lord. Ask him in your life. He wants to save you. A, B, C, admit, believe, and confess. Jesus did not come to charge us. He came to change us. Jesus came to change us because he loves us. And you are never too messy to be changed by Jesus. Now, guys, now that we understand this, what do we do with it? What do we do? What's the big deal, Mike? What should happen now? Well, here's the, here's the last blank in your notes. This is the do. This is what I want you guys to do. Here it is. Seek God with all your heart. Seek God with all your heart. Zacchaeus didn't seek Jesus half-heartedly. Look what happened to him. He was saved. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, If you confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Admit, believe, and commit. So guys, this is what I want us to do tonight. I want everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. Every, every eye closed, every head bowed, okay? And guys, if you're in this room tonight and you don't know Jesus, you're separated from Jesus, you've never received or asked for Jesus to come into your life, I want to give that opportunity for you tonight, okay? And maybe you don't know what to do next, and so I'm going to help you. I'm going to pray a prayer from stage. And as you hear my prayer, I want you to pray that prayer back to God. But simply saying words isn't going to save you. You have to mean them to God and be genuine about it. Being genuine with God is what will save you. And so if this is you tonight, I want you to listen and repeat after me to the Lord. And here it is. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please guide my life and help me to do your will. In your name.